This is Sounds of PDX on Portland Radio Project. Thank you for joining us for another local artist drop-in session. It's our favorite time on Friday nights, right? I adore it. This is all a true story when musicians that I've had the pleasure of interviewing in the past recommend someone to me. I, I love that. That's just the best way for this community to, to get more and more connected with each other. And so I have to give credit where credit is due and thank Anna Diem for giving me the heads up about this creative soul sitting in the PRP studio with me right now. Berkeley is the musical moniker of Andrew Jones, who composes laid-back pop grooves driven by shaky electric guitar tones and chiming keyboards. I like that. Berkeley has an in-store performance for new music coming out at Music Millennium. That is September 9th. And we are here today to poke and prod <laughs> and learn about all things Berkeley, including hearing some music. Welcome to the Portland Radio Project Studio. Yeah, it's awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and thank is... you, Anna. This is going to also be a uh, an, an Anna expose. Oh, oh <laughs> yes. Good. I love it. I'll make sure that uh, I text her on Friday night so that yeah. she's tuned in. And I hear that maybe we can get her mom to listen, too. Oh, that's awesome. Even yeah. better. Even better. Yeah. All right. How did you get started playing, producing, writing? You are a wearer of many hats. How did that start for you? Yeah. Um, well, I, I grew up in a town called Pueblo, Colorado, and that was where I like fell in love with radio. Like th- that was really where it started. And, yeah. Um, also, recording myself on little cassette tapes. I was this this little like kindergartner that had like um, a teddy bear boombox that had you know this this play record function, and you could also record incoming radio nice um so i was obsessed with like adult contemporary music and oldies and like modern music which at the time was a lot of like um new jack swing stuff so that you know that kind of places me in time um and i would make my own little radio shows and i would uh be be a dj (laughs) (laughs) i would be a dj to all you know these these songs that i would cut in and out of um so that was both becoming obsessed with recording and all styles of music Wow. And then, you know, down the line, I learned how to play guitar because I discovered punk music and was like, this is me. This is the way to express myself, you know, um, and that just kept going. You know, I, I now now I was not only obsessed with like listening to music and going to shows, but also performing it and recording it. Um, you know, you, you start approaching it and thinking about it from all sides like you can't really escape that consuming your life for for a very long time so it was like this time warp from like oh i'm picking up a guitar and trying to learn how to play it to suddenly you know being in colorado and texas and now portland like either producing other people's music or making my own yeah wow is the guitar your first instrument and is it the instrument of choice yeah yeah it's my primary um of course you know i've learned how to play everything after that but the thing i most like you know that i'm most comfortable with is is with a guitar if I'm going to try and like show someone, uh, you know, some, some idea. Um, if I'm in front of a piano, I'll ask someone to leave the room for 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you got it. Yeah. And then I'll figure it out. It's like, okay, come in. Now you can check it out. Oh, I like that. You've got new music coming out. Tell us a little bit about how this came about this new music. What was, what was the impetus for putting a collection of songs together and getting it out there into the world? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's out on the 1st of September, um, and I'm releasing it in, in Colorado for a few shows and then coming back for that Music Millennium show here for a, for a Portland release. 
And um, that album started, I mean, it, it was supposed to come out in, in, in 2020. And I, I released the first single like in February. And then, you know, obviously very bad timing. Yes. Um, but it gave me some time to kind of re reimagine some things about it okay. and, and get more people involved in it. Um, so it actually improved the record by the end of it all. Um, but th really the record started, I think, in like 2008 when wow. the, the, the last band that I was in ended. And uh, th there was so much wrapped up in that band that when it ended, I was really disillusioned and just kind of thinking that, like the music was was maybe not for me. So um, I didn't play guitar for several years and just you know walked away from it all and lived like a pretty normal like a normal life after that. I like finished school and got a job and all that you know. Um, and then I and just I, we have to tell everybody you air quoted as you said normal. <laughs> yeah, yeah <a> normal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you know now I'm old enough to know you know you can make whatever you want to work, work. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, I, I was in my early 20s and had this idea of how things like ought to be or, you know, yeah, you know how that is. Um, but, you know, then over that span of time, I kind of like fell back in love with music and realized that I was kind of starting over in a lot of ways. I, I wrote a lot of bad music after that. It felt like my <laughs> brain had had to kind of reset sure. and, um, you know, rediscover how to write a song that was satisfying to me. And in in that process of going through a ton of like exercises and bad music, making um i realized that my decoder ring was sort of writing about my my past and about where i grew up and that's why the album is called pueblo because that's that's where i'm from and all of these songs um sprang from thinking about what it was like to I mean, it, just a lot of coming of age stuff you yeah. know um so it's not necessarily exclusive to to growing up there right like if you've never heard of the town or if, or if you've never visited or if you're not from there i think you could still relate because these are all um adult uh, not in the adult sense, but, you know, in the grown-up <laughs> sense of, yeah. you know, looking back on on your, your youth and maybe some of the trials and pains of, of that time and how you, um, you know, played a role in it and how you can heal from that. I wonder if a lot of us really need that kind of introspection, particularly after going through something like the pandemic. Right. You know, it, it, having that time to reflect upon what's happening presently, I think catapults you mm -hmm. backwards yeah at the same time yeah in a way it was like a very slow motion yeah life flashing before your eyes thing yeah um and yeah you know having that extra time to work on the record um over like another two and a half to three years was uh very beneficial for that kind of look backward and that look inward um, mm. yeah I, I i was definitely able to to refine the lyrics and just sharpen some of the songs and cut cut some other ones that weren't really fitting the whole you know, vibe of the album. Um, what so. do you do with the music that you cut? You know, you just said you took a you took a few out. What happens to those songs? Some of them, I I realized, you know, they they were stones onto the to the good stuff, and you know, maybe nothing will ever come of them. I, I haven't written them off um, entirely. You know, I might revisit some some lines that I threw away or some some progressions that that I still find interesting, but. Um, I learned over that course of time writing bad stuff that it's okay to just let stuff go sure. because, um, you know, that, that was what led to the idea that stuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. But th there's also this podcast series that I'm doing to promote the record where I'm showing some of some, some clips of those songs and old demos and voice notes and stuff that show like how this, the, the tracks came together. So oh, very yeah, cool. I'm able to kind of recycle it like that. Nice. You brought a guitar with you. I sure did. We're going to hear some music. Yeah. Tell us about email. 
Email is, um, it's a song about emails, oh. <laughs> which is pretty convenient. Um, this was a, a moment actually in the pandemic. It, it, it's not really pandemic related, but um, there was this very introspective moment that I had. I was going, going through my phone and found this folder of old emails I had from my early 20s. And it was from this, uh, this, this relationship that, that didn't work out. And I was reading all of the things that, that we were talking about and that, that I was saying. And I was like, why was I saying this when I was like 21 years old? I had no business saying these, these, these things about you know, how I wanted to see my life in the future because I love my life now. And yeah. it doesn't look anything like what I was saying wow. it should be. Wow. You know? So um, yeah, this song is sort of about like maybe... You know, I wasn't such a victim in the end of that relationship. Maybe I, I, I played a part in, in its weirdness because I was not really sure of myself and you know what I wanted, yeah. um, and I think uh, that's like everyone in their twenties. You're just a big wrecking ball, oh. <laughs> and uh, Miley has it right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There's 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 all this growth that you're going through, and you're yeah. kind of determining: is this person I'm with going to grow with me, or am I going to grow with them? Right. Um, and you can see that if you have the unpleasant surprise of reading old messages that you sent. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's fantastic. All right, this is Berkeley. You're listening to Portland Radio Project, and this song is called Email.
Berkeley on Sounds of PDX. This is Portland Radio Project. I like that. Thank you. I like that a lot. Thank you very much. You recently did a Songwriters in the Round yeah, at yeah. Alberta Street Pub. I'm yeah. curious to know, what are those type of evenings, those kind of experiences, what do they do for you as a musician? And how does that differ on what they mean to you as a fan of music? Yeah. So, yeah, with, with the last thing you said, it was interesting to take in someone's music for the first time yeah. sitting right next to them, yeah. but also in front of people. <laughs> um, you know, I I tend to, like, kind of fidget when I hear new music, or, or if there's something I like, I kind of, like, move or I will make a sound. And, I you know, there, there's a mic on me. I, you know, I don't want to make a lot of sound or, like, yeah. be, be distracting. But, I mean, I was playing with really, really great writers and um, – yeah, some some cool stuff happened when when I wasn't playing and I wanted to you know you know react, um, but it's it's so cool to see see music from from that perspective and, and you know just just be an audience member and but then kind of consider how how you react to music because there are other eyes that that might you know move, move to you yeah. if you you know do a weird thing because someone made like this really satisfying chord progression happen do you ever have that oh, i wish i had written that moment yeah totally yeah. um there, there's like, this oh, that's so good damn it i wish that was mine yeah totally yeah. there's this duo here called faith and majesty that i just love and they're, they're playing um at holocene like soon i think like this week maybe like before this airs but um yeah they they had a line um that was like, uh, I grew up when I left town. And it's just a single line in one of their songs. And, uh -huh. I, you know, w when they finished that song, I was like, I was trying to get to that in 10 songs on my whole album. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, you know, so, yeah, it, it's just cool to also hear hear some, you know, because in that environment, people are, are a little more open and there's there, there's more time to, you know, explore what, what you're doing with the audience. Um, yeah. And just to hear what, you know, the, the the approach that people take is is that's that's very um educational and it's just yeah i just, i love doing that format because it also kind of takes the the weight off of the individual throughout of like okay i this song next song next song right it, it, it gives you time to tune <laughs> it gives you time to just like you know okay absorb what what happened and also i i like trying out new songs in that environment and just getting the the feedback from the people around you and you know the the audience obviously. Yeah. Um I tried out two new songs that night to just Great. yeah and that that was such a good forum for that. How does having that audience reaction interaction how does that feed the music that you continue to make? Yeah, well oh, th there's this other side of it too that um if I screw up and the screw up feels right, then it's like, oh, cool, the song kind of showed me something new, right? Yeah. Um, and the the audience will definitely show you just as much, if not more. Um, I love hearing reactions like mid song, you know, like it's something that you know. I was just saying like that that that's what I'll do if someone does something. If, if you're in a really attentive audience, you might hear a mm, yeah. now and then. Yeah. Mm, good. Yes, I liked that. Yeah. <laughs> if I can elicit those, yeah. I like that a lot more than, than the applause at the end because I, I I have this complex that people are just being polite. Sure. You know, like at the end, it's always like, oh, yes, good job. But yeah, if you can get something with the end of a verse or the end of a chorus or something like that, it's like, okay, that's working. Yeah. If they don't leave to go get a drink while you're playing... Yeah, or if you don't hear murmuring or like clicking right. around, yeah. All of a sudden, the phones, yeah, all yeah. light up. Yeah, I I strive for a hush, but I know yeah. that that's kind of out of my control. Yeah. 
I, I would imagine as an artist and somebody that enjoys that interaction and that feedback, that physical feedback, that not performing during the pandemic was something that kind of, I don't know, what, did it hinder your creative juices? Yeah, it was it was a weird time for me because, I mean, as if it wasn't a weird time in general. Right. But yeah, for me, I, I was... Um, I was real in the thick of it in mixing and 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 producing at the time. Okay. So, um, but that was also when I started releasing Berkeley singles, and I was like, "This is weird because it's all online. It feels kind of not not real." Yeah. Yeah. Because um, you know, like anyone can do that, and I'm used to like doing the thing, like putting it out, going out and playing, and you know, getting that 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 kind of feedback. And so, yeah, that that did feel weird because I started doing live streams through like. The, the local college and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And that didn't feel quite right either because it wasn't really live. We were all like, you know, pre-recording this stuff. And, yeah. Um, it it made made the Berkeley stuff feel funny because that wasn't the way that I was used to doing things. But it also felt more like, I'm just doing more record stuff. I'm doing more studio stuff. I'm just recording. It, it just felt like this like endless continuum of like being in a studio. Yeah. Um, which is cool, obviously. Like, you know, the kid in me was like, oh, I love it here. But it like as an as a songwriter, you know, like going back and focusing on like my, my art in that way. Um, it felt like I was kind of pretending. Did it allow you though, since the Berkeley was kind of born at that time and, and was producing music at that time, did it allow you to kind of separate Berkeley from any other musical incarnations in your past? Yeah, it, it definitely helped me like sharpen that and, yeah. and you know, what the sound was going to be. Um, because I like making music under my own name that's just whatever I want it to be. But this was going to be like, okay, this is this is a sound. So what is that going to sound like? What are the themes going to be like generally? Um, which is sort of a challenge now as I face like releasing this album. Like, what am I going to do next? Because I was so focused on writing about my past and writing about my hometown that it's like, okay. I don't want to be this like one trick pony or, you know, I right. just want to want to have like more, more broad themes that I feel like I'm always, always returning to. And that's not really a deliberate thing I learned. That's something that like I had to learn about myself. Like, what is it that I'm obsessed with? And really it's like time, memory, um, the fuzziness of memory. And I, I'm, I've been obsessed with like that, that many worlds theory of like, there's, there's always something happening that could have happened somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and then there's also that like cringiness that we all hold of like, oh, why did I say that thing that one time? Yeah. 17 years ago. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. We play the conversation as though you're ever going to change what happened. Yeah. 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 And I, that's, um, that has actually helped write some songs on the album. So. Wow. Wow. You are doing the thing on September 9th at Music Millennium. Yeah. And that's going to be like, I, I saw, um, Berkeley's name on the glass and yeah. on and that was like wow this is this is real it's real yeah it, it was exciting and also this uh, other feeling of like oh my gosh what have I done like <laughs> now I have to do it yeah yeah but that's that yeah I'm very excited to like that's feels that that's really like the the true Portland debut of Berkeley because that's going to be with a full band wow yeah. and what can folks expect that night are they going to hear selections from the new album, mm-hmm. yeah, mo- only, yeah, yeah, okay. m- most most of the new album, and um, I guess there's a signing component of it that I didn't realize. Oh. So I'll be signing the, the the LPs and the CDs if you really want it. Nice, um, but yeah, I'll be hanging around if you know we if anyone wants to talk about uh, 
time and memory. And the fuzzy, <laughs> the fuzziness of it all. Yeah, exactly. What time do you go on? Good question. Oh. Oh, 5. 5, five p.m. 5 p.m.? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm so used to saying 7 and then 8, but yeah, 5 p.m., which I love. I, I love kind of getting a little early thing oh, yeah. on, on, a, yeah, on a weekend. So. Yeah. And Music Millennium. What a fantastic place. Yeah, it'll give me some time to kind of browse after I'm done. I spend a lot of time in there. There is always <laughs> a hidden gem at Music Millennium. Exactly. No doubt about that. You have um, a, a, some interesting professions that you've lived mm-hmm. in, in, in your lifetime. And I'm, I'm curious to know what some of your musical influences are. And I'm going to guess that one of them is that, that kind of metal scene because of a um, I'm going to try to be as gentle with it as possible. You left a program, a, a teaching program, a, an educational program, because mm-hmm. the instructor um, dared to insult Iron Maiden. So I'm yeah. guessing you've got some metal roots. What What are some of your musical influences that stick with you? Yeah, well, uh, Pueblo is a real working class town. It's a, it's also called the Steel City because they have this, oh, this uh, steel mill that was like okay. a big... Uh, employer and and still is um so that's like other places in england that spawned um bands like black sabbath like you know they, they came from a steel town too so it was punk and heavy metal and that's what you kind of grew up on and those are the bands that i you know cut my teeth on i, I toured in, in 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 those kinds of bands yeah. uh, the, the first band that i toured with was a hardcore band the first band that i really started playing like bigger venues in was a metal band it was a speed metal band um so yeah Maiden was huge. That that was sort of this this band that opened me up to how music could be really theatrical yes. and like glorious. Yes. Um, but oh man, there was this moment in time where I had been listening to punk for a very long time, and this was like Epitaph and Fat Rack uh, bands, and where I was like, I'm gonna get into like singer songwriters because it feels like that's what I need to do because like I couldn't really get a band together at the time. And uh, I, I wanted to see how people did it under their own names. I mean, I, I just didn't really have a frame of reference for that because I'd been listening to pop music until I discovered punk. Yeah. And um, it was it was people like uh, Rufus Wainwright, Amy Mann, Pete Yorn, Elliot Smith. Um, I just got a like a grip of records at, at the or you know or CDs at the record store one day because I had never heard these people, but it was just their names. Yeah. And I couldn't have picked like a sweeter group of people to 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 get into. Very cool. It's always so interesting to hear after you've listened to an artist's music, their catalog, mm-hmm. hear who it is that they're actually influenced by. I don't really ever, I, I, I very rarely am I not surprised by, by hearing such a wide breadth right. of influences. You can't, you can't drive in one lane and expect mm-hmm. to get anywhere. Yeah. You've got to have... A, a scope of music behind you and kind of leading you. Yeah, yeah definitely. Or yeah, or else you end up sounding just like that that artist or that band or something. Well, right. Yeah, yeah. You have to sound sound like yourself. And I think um, Getty Lee from Rush, another one of my favorite bands, said it best that you know you have to like take this amalgam of all of the stuff that you like and mix it together in a way that no one can really identify what it is that you like. Ah. But you know what it is, yeah. and, and all of those things have combined into making your your influences. That's Getty knows how to say it. Rush, yeah, Rush. You can't top it. Yeah. So the next album's gonna be a little bit more metal. Yeah, prog, okay. 
Heavy metal. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I wish. That would be awesome. That would be kind of cool. All right. You have one more song for us. Yeah. But before we get to Fiesta Day, Musical Millennium, 5 p.m., September 9th. Mm-hmm. It is your album release. Yep. What's the name of the album? The album is called Pueblo. Pueblo. And uh, yeah, you, you can pre-order it also on my website, okay. alwaysberkeley.com or bigsecretrecords.com or find me on Bandcamp. You can get it there um, as well. Okay. Um, I will have yeah. links to all of those. Cool. Your Bandcamp, your website, et cetera, on our website, prp.fm. So folks can, once you're done tuning into PRP this Friday night, you can hop on over to our website and know exactly where to go to get your your Berkeley on. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like that. That's going to be really great at Music Millennium. I hope it's a, a wildly successful evening. And for those of you that show up and buy a CD, and you're going to have vinyl? Did you say you're mm-hmm. going to have vinyl too? Yeah. Nicely done. Yeah. Nicely done. Random colored vinyl. Nice. Yeah. So you don't know what you're getting. Exactly. So wait. <laughs> well, Berkeley will be there signing too. Yeah, I need to figure out a Berkeley signature now. Uh-oh. The pressure's on. You don't have Oh, you, you didn't, that didn't come with the logo in your head? No, yeah, I, I definitely didn't ever think I would be signing anything. So maybe, it's, maybe I'll get away with a big B or something like that. If Beyonce hasn't already done it, I say go for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I right. Check against Beyonce, yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for being here in our studio, in our Portland Radio Project studio for Sounds of PDX. I wish you a lot of luck with the new music. And the in-store at Music Millennium, I think that's going to be a great time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I was looking forward to this. Thank you for having me here. Oh, yay. Well, you're very welcome. Um, We're closing with one last song. This is Fiesta Day. Give our listeners a little taste of what the song means. Yeah, this was one of those songs on the album that was me uh, reliving a conversation and trying to do it better this time around. Um, It was was about uh, losing a friend (laughs) when I was 16 or 17. Um, Wow. He, he dropped out and left town to everyone's dismay, and I, I felt very, you know, betrayed and heartbroken. But um, now as an adult, I realized that was the right thing for him to do, and um, I wish I could have recognized that at the time and been more supportive. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Your music's a little emosh. Uh, yeah, a touch. But but it's good. But, but it's, it's healing. Good. It's, it's healing, healing emosh. Yeah. You know, pop music is fantastic when it... That it, and it ha- serves its purpose to take you out, but sometimes you need to go back in. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for that. We're in it. We're in, we're in it. We're in it deep. This is Berkeley. You're listening to Sounds of PDX. You can catch Berkeley at Music Millennium September 9th. Grab some new tunes. And uh, this is Fiesta Day. Thank you for being here. I won't show you, but I don't want you to see. There are things I want to tell you, but I don't want you to talk to me. I don't want you near, but I wish you were here. Please If you don't wait, you 
before for yesterday Go before you get stuck behind the parade You'll get your chance to say what you want to say I don't want to be next to you But I miss being close And I'm not searching for any clues But I never lost hope Because you can't understand You're gonna lose that 